Hey y'all, um, this is Candace Edwards, a small person with a big voice. Today we're going to be talking to several parents who so are dealing with um, kidnapping through DHR or CPS or um, what many people know as um, HHS, I believe it's they call it, I don't know, they don't call it down here in Alabama, so that's kind of a new one on me. But uh, we're going to wait a few minutes and see who all um, gets on. I know we've got a, a couple people who I know um, who are wanting to join in with us tonight. Uh, so if y'all would just, you know, please be patient as uh, we get other uh, fellow parents on the show with us. Hope everybody had a happy uh, 4th of July. Today is Monday, July 5th at 11.47. Uh, yesterday was July 4th, so I'm a little late on that one, guys. I do apologize, but I hope everybody had a, a good day yesterday and had um, fun with their family and their friends as they supported um, 4th of July and our independence of the United States. When basically, we'll, when you can say we were born. <laughs> Uh, hey, Thomas. Hey, Allison. How's everybody doing? Hey, Thomas. Hey, Candace. How's it going? I'm doing all right. How you doing? You know, another day in paradise, trying to make it day by day. Right, right. Did you have a good fourth yesterday? Yeah, I went to racetrack. Chris got knocked out of the race, though, but there ain't nothing major to that. Uh-oh. Well, uh, Thomas, we're uh, waiting a few minutes because I've got a couple other parents who want to get on with us and um, sit here and uh, discuss pretty much, you know, what's happening to us um, as parents as we're dealing with DHR or CPS, like I said. Um, so, see, we got Allison. I've got um, another friend of mine, um, Adam, who's supposed to be stepping in. Um, and he's got somebody that uh, wanted to speak with us. And I had a couple of parents that wants to speak with us also. Did you, are they wanting to talk tonight? Yeah, they're supposed to be coming on. Okay, did you tell them how to get on? Yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> How's the kids doing your way? They're doing good. Good, good. All three of them sleep, but we know at 11.40, 11.50 at night. Right. Um, Alice, I don't know if you can hear me, but um, I believe I'm going to invite you to speak. Um, you should get something. I don't know if you've got an invitation. Um. Let's see. Oh, there you go. Allison, can get you unmuted. All right, you're unmuted. How you doing, Allison? Doing good. How are y'all? Good, good. Did you have a good fourth yesterday? Yeah, pretty good. Just got done shooting fireworks with my kids. Good. Um, I don't know if you're really aware, Allison, um, but I kind of I created this podcast because of uh, what I've been dealing with through DHR. And it seems like nobody's 
listens to us as parents, you know, as once we're deemed unfit, you know, nobody wants to look our way. Right. Uh, I'm the one that started the group on um, Facebook. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've, I've actually got a group myself. It's um, CPS slash DHR support. I created it um, in 2012 um, when DHR actually tried to come in with my third youngest. I've got five all together, okay? And DHR, unfortunately, has gotten three of my children. Um, we're so trying to get mine, but I'm kind of running from them. <laughs> maybe I've... I wish I had been fighting since 2016, girl. Look, I was put in the foster care system as a child, and I've been dealing with them, DHR, since 2008. This is 2021. Tell me that ain't something. Yeah, they're trying to take mine now because they're trying to say, okay, I passed the drug test. They come in because they tried to say that I had um, my kids living in a home with no power and water, which... I had my power turned off because I had my roof started falling in, right? So I was staying at my mother-in-law's house, and they still tried to say that I was living in that house with no power and stuff, with the roof falling in, which they could clearly see I wasn't. And um, my kid's daddy filled a drug test. Well, I passed the drug test, and then me and my kid's dad and um, my mom and my stepdad, who my stepdad has never done a drug, even smoked a cigarette day in his life, they called us in for a drug test. We passed our drug test, and then they had us do a hair follicle test and tried to say we all four failed the hair follicle test for crystal meth and tried to take my kids, so I ran, ran with them. Well, Allison, let me ask you a question. Are you familiar with our constitutional rights? I've been hearing a little bit about it, but I'm, um, yeah, I heard you tell your story about the um, where they don't have to drug test you. Like, you don't have to take a drug test for them. And so no, I've told them now I'm not going to take no more. Well, see, what it is, is like, they don't realize it, but when they ask you to take a drug test, okay, they're asking you. Therefore, it is voluntarily if you actually take your drug test. Um, it's actually protected within our amendments 4 and 14. Um, they basically told me I had to take one. They was going to take my kids. And then when they said when that hair follicle test come back, if anything come out back on that hair follicle test, they was coming to get my kids. They was putting them at home, and I would never see them again. And I just got my case closed back in October of 2020. And that this happened in April. And then that test came back. And um, I knew it was going to have marijuana on it. It should have. But the only thing it showed up was crystal meth, and there's no way. No way. Right. All four of the tests showed up that on the hair follicle. And oh, um, I was like, that's crazy. And I took off and I ran on my kids. And now they've got a pickup order on my kids. And um, and a, like a, what's that, protective uh, service alert or whatever in Alabama for my kids. All right. Well, let me tell you what happened to me. So um, about two years ago, me and my boyfriend, Bruce, um, we went to New York to go visit my mama. See. I was adopted, okay? I didn't find my biological mama in 2017 when I was actually in the hospital giving birth to my daughter who DHR has now had, okay? And, like, it's taken me over 25 years to be able to find my biological mama, much less talk to her or anything like that. And I found her through Facebook. Um, And, anyways, like, I so got a hope of track. I'm so sorry, guys. I know. Anyway, it's like I was saying, um, I found my mama actually through Facebook. Um, it was through my sister, ironically, because I was going through and I seen familiar names and I was like, well, you know, I kind of remember these names. Let me see if I can, you know, put these names in and let them know, hey, look, you know, I'm her daughter and, you know, let her know that I'm looking for her. And my sister tapped and was like, well, if you're her daughter, that means you're my oldest sister. So, I got to meet my mama, my sister, my aunt. Uh, there's five of us, actually. Uh, so uh, my mama, she actually ran uh, with my sisters when she was younger because Alabama Talladega County DHR had gotten custody of me. And, like, they were trying to take them. And, and sometimes as parents, we have to do what we have to do. And 
you know, in the constitutional right. It'll be a right. dead body if they take mine again. Well, you know, I but then I to me. I, you know, I really wish that we had lawyers that wasn't so afraid to actually stand up for our rights. Like, I don't know what happened to we the people. Like, why, why uh, are we letting our government govern us? I mean, that's just like, you know, the same in the sense of, you know, we're supposed to be sovereign, which unfortunately, because of the fact that, you know, I'm military and I didn't, I was unaware, I was, um, not knowledgeable about being sovereign. Apparently, uh, you know, sovereign people, they don't, they don't have a government to govern them. So I, I don't know if you heard anything about, um, what they've been saying on, uh, color of law. Have either one of y'all heard anything about that? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, but I was, I also have a group on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If y'all want to go on to it, it's parents helping, helping parents. I've been fighting with DHR since 2007. I have custody of three kids. They're biologically mine. I've been fighting for my oldest son. I ain't going to give a fight. He's really my stepson. But yeah. I ain't my, my group on Facebook is Stronger Together Alabama. I need to go get me a little notebook so I can write this down, guys. <laughs> it's amazing, if, you know, if we would all just come together versus, you know, trying to just push, you know, each parent out instead of, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, that parent's unfit. Well, you know, what did you do? Like, I know for me, I didn't commit a crime for them to get my child. However, I was already incarcerated, but they didn't get my child because of something that I did to my child. I didn't neglect my child. I didn't abuse my child. Like, in my case, when everything first started, when Cadence was first born, she was a gastroesthesis baby. Do any of y'all know what that is? I've yes. heard of that. Okay. Well, basically, a gastroesthesis baby is somebody, or is a baby that has had their insides born on the outside um their intestines and we stayed we actually stayed in the hospital for two months before she got to come home she um her first months of life she could not eat any food whatsoever like she couldn't have breast milk she couldn't have formula nothing like they had her on tpns and lipids and when she was first born like i had um, what I basically call my mama, um, she's somebody who kind of stepped up when I didn't have, you know, anybody else there to help me. You know, I signed temporary custody, which it wasn't through the courts or anything like that. This was something that was written. It was an agreement that was written between both me and her. Um, and actually, we didn't even put a date on this uh, document. We also had it notarized. DHR did not look at that document whatsoever. So, you know, right off the jump, they violated my rights. Like, Amendment 14 says, basically says, okay, well, you know what? You have a right to be a parent, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, within your parents' rights, you have a, the right to place your child of whoever you want to place them with. You know, you have the right to tell, say, okay, I want my child to go to public school or if I want the child to go to private. You know, you have the rights as far as, you know, changing the doctor's. Um, whether or not if they want to go to church or, you know, what religion you want them to be or, you know, things like that. And DHR, they're just not even looking at that anymore. Like, I don't know why, what happened, why the system has become so corrupt the way it has. And, you know, our children, I'm going to put it like this. I was a foster child. I was worse off in my foster home than I was being with my mama. Oh, yeah. My daughter was molested two years ago while they were, she was in their custody in a group home in the Friendship House in Anniston. Friendship House in Anniston. Anniston. And, uh, let's see. Is it the... Um, Josh Alabama, Hill and Heather Hill run it. Alabama Baptist Children's Home? Yep. And Josh Hill and Heather Hill that run it. Josh Hill's the one that molested my daughter. Oh, my God. That is so crazy that you even say that because... I actually was placed in the Alabama Baptist Children's Home. It's over there off of Friendship. Um, I was placed there 
my mama, my adopted mama, she actually worked as a house parent there. Well, uh, my daughter, she told her worker and everything, and um, they didn't even tell me. I was see, I was going and visited them, visiting them at Burger King in Oxford or whatever, and um, <coughs> she told her worker, and her worker just removed my kid. The worker just removed my kids there late at night and put them all in different homes. In Marshall County and in Etowah County, and then the next visit, the day before visitation, she calls me and she's like, "Oh, we're gonna vi- visit at DHR because your kids aren't at the Friendship House no more." And I was like, "Well, what happened?" And she said, "Oh, it was just a temporary placement. Their time was up," and didn't tell me. My daughter just came out and told me like two no, weeks ago. See, the Alabama Baptist Children Home—they are not just a temporary placement for foster children. I can't believe yeah, that they, they just went to that to you. Well, see, my daughter, okay, she's three years old, and I've posted, like, a lot of my information all, all over Facebook. I'm sure you've seen my name. I'm sure you've seen people just sit there and bash me and be like, oh, well, you know, you didn't take your drug test like you were supposed to. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You know, the thing is, if we don't stand up now, then things are just going to get worse and worse and worse. And they tried these to take are all this time. Time. They tried to take this time because they said that um, my kids were hungry, coming to school hungry and stuff. Okay, my son, when I got him, when they closed my case in October and I got my son back, he was 89 pounds. My son is now 165 pounds. Oh, that baby is eating now. I was not feeding him. <laughs> now you tell me how I'm not feeding my, all of my kids have gained at least 50 pounds since they've been back home. That's because they're uh, happy, you know, they're home, they're with their family, they're thriving. But yeah, I wasn't feeding them, and they just took them in, they, they, was, they just put this pickup order in April, they put the pickup order out on my kids, or they just put the pickup order out, but they just um, issued a, the protective service alert thing on my kids in April. Have you um, spoke with an attorney? Um, well, I've got Brenda, who's my advocate, she's my power of attorney and everything now. Um, I'm not because I couldn't afford a lawyer or anything, and um, so she's helping me. And um, basically, I'm out of state. I left and went out of state with my kids. And um, as far as anybody knows, that's where I'm at. They sent the pickup order. They sent the papers to my mom's house, and I was up here doing the protest. I was protesting, and I um, wish I could have did that protest with y'all. I would have been there. I swear, I would have been there. I was I watching it through Facebook though. I don't. I can't remember who it was that was posting it. Uh, it was me. Was it you? Okay. Like I, 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 probably. I, I probably you was probably one of the girls that I was talking to. Yeah, you was. <laughs> you was. Okay. See, I don't have no transportation, and I, I've been going uh, through some issues at home, and yeah. <laughs> Needless well, see, to they, say, um, they sent out they sent out the papers to my mom's while I was doing that. They, it was on the 22nd. We started that protest on the 21st. They seen me out there. They started filming us from the door. They sent out a pickup order for my kids. They sent papers to my mom's. Well, I immediately signed over power attorney and stuff to Brenda Johnson. And, uh, she went and picked up the papers for me. I rode with her, but I stayed in the car. She picked up the papers and everything. And she was like, she told me, she said, they're going to send us a subpoena for you to go to court. And, um, to your mom's and I said well I ain't gonna get it and she said what are you gonna do and I said well she said they'll get in contact with me I said well as far as you know I'm out of state I just came in to do the protest and I left back out my kids are still out of state so she said all righty then <laughs> all right but she don't know where I'm at that's the reason she don't know where I'm at because she's like I can't lie you know I can't lie for you or nothing if they ask me so well, I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't, she's, I don't, I don't know where you I said I ain't gonna tell you I'm out of Hey, baby, while we're on here, do not say where you're at, okay? Don't do not do that to yourself, okay? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not we're good with nobody where I'm at. I'm out of state. <laughs> Look, I swear, if I could get a, my hands on my daughter, I'd be gone. And they I ain't would be gone. Like, my daughter. Um, nobody. My mama is the only one that knows where I live, and um, I don't have, my name ain't on any kind of, or nothing where I live and so I can see I can see County 
they, Etowah County actually kidnapped my daughter. Like, everybody says, oh, no, that's not kidnapped. He was locked up. Da, 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 da. It doesn't matter if I was incarcerated or not. It's like this. I got picked up November 25th by Rain- Rainbow City, okay? What it was is I had a probation violation. Um, I had some issues with my house. And instead of me calling the probation officer like I should have, I had um, just, I was basically going on about my life. I was working every day. And next thing I know, you know, apparently, you know, probation officer comes out to the house with a card because apparently my landlord had illegally at this time illegally kicked me out of the house because I refused to pay anything because basically I had my sewage going into my tub. My kitchen sink wasn't hooked up. You know, I had a leak in the bathroom sink. And I thought, and I was like, look, I'm not paying anything else until this is fixed. This is a health hazard for both me and my daughter. And at the time, my daughter is two years old. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? Um, That's my kid's daddy. Okay. Well, nice to meet you, Michael. Um, but, like, they came in and basically they got me up for what's called absconding. Basically telling them, you know, you live at this address but don't really live at this address. That wasn't the case. I didn't keep my probation officer informed. So, you know, they had got a warrant out for my arrest. Well, here comes Rainbow City to come pick me up, and they take me to Etowah County. Etowah County tried to dress me out, and I'm like, uh-uh, y'all aren't the ones who are even uh, trying to dress me out. And about 20 minutes from then, I had Randolph County uh, pick me up. I actually have a class action against uh, Randolph County right now. I don't know if you've heard about that or not. But no, I, I, I had never been to jail, never been in trouble, and they still try to take my home. Well, see, like, what it was is I cashed a check for somebody and didn't know that they didn't have, uh, their check was stolen. I cashed it because they didn't have an ID. And right. they kind of used that as a, like, they played. And I'm the one that ended up pretty much getting stuck with the charge. So, anyways, like, like I was telling you, November 25th, um, I got picked up December the 5th. Um, they actually go out to, uh, what I was telling you earlier about, uh, my mama's, uh, it's not my mama, it's my adopted mama. It was her son's house. Her son and her daughter-in-law was basically, they were in the process of trying to become foster parents to save the kids in their family from going to other foster homes. So, you know, they was trying to step up. Well, in the process of them doing that, um, I haven't gotten the full details, but what I can gather is while they were doing their home inspection, DHR came in, they seen my child, and I was like, oh, well, whose child is this? And, you know, they got into asking questions about me and everything, and here it is, December the 5th, they go to the judge say, hey, we got this situation going on, and uh, we like to put this child in foster care. We don't see, you know, that anything's going to change or anything. Mama's supposed to be locked up for 22 months. And it just all kind of stuff. So the judge granted it uh, December the 6th. They did not whatsoever call me, notify me in person, didn't notify the jail, nothing until December the 12th. By oh, all gosh. definitions, that is kidnap. That oh, is kidnap. And, like, people are like, well, why aren't you doing the drug test? Why aren't you doing the panty classes? Well, you know, here it's like this. 2017, when she was first born, Randolph County DHR at the time tried to get in uh, and try to take my daughter. And I was like, uh-uh, they please go down like this. So I did their parenting classes. I did everything that they, you know, wanted me to do. I've jumped through all their hoops like 10 times. I ain't doing it no more. Well, see, like my child, at that time, my child had never been removed from my home. I got to keep her in my home. I had DHR coming in my home twice a week, maybe. But, you know, my child was still in my care. Okay, well, yeah. this go around, they was like, well, we want you to do a uh, drug test. And I said, hold up. I said, my case ain't even about drugs. Why am I having to do drug tests? Oh, well, you know, every case that we have that comes in, uh, they automatically have to do drug tests. Ooh, okay, see, that's where, like, there's a big, big, huge misconception. Amendment 4 and 14, that protects every citizen in the United States of America. You do not have to give your piss your nails, your saliva, or your hair, unless it is there is a warrant by the judge, because that stuff is on you or in you. 
on your person. And I also heard that they really, really ain't supposed to take your kids unless they can criminally charge you with something. I'm not too sure about that. But that's it, what Brenda told me. She said, now they're not, they, they've, they've been breaking this. They're, that's been their, that's supposed to be their rule, one of their rules or one of their laws or whatever. But Brenda told me they've been breaking that since day one. Well, see, if that's the case, I've got three kids that my rights were terminated. Okay. See, that's I, my youngest, she is now four years old. Her birthday was June 24th or 21st. Okay. So, Within 17 months, they terminated my rights and turned around and adopted. Like, they had the whole thing planned out. Like, they wouldn't let me go to the doctor's appointments. I would only get two hours per visit that I have, which was once every other week. Um, there were some things that came up to where I was not able to make the visitation. That's because, you know, I was in a wreck. You know, COVID was going on really bad at the time. So not only was I quarantined, but she was quarantined as well. Hey, Michael, I'm going to pull you in. If you want to talk, you can, okay? I'm going to try to anyways. <laughs> Let's see. All right. I invited you to speak if you want to speak up, Michael. But, like, they wanted me to go see a psych, about, uh, a psych person or whatever. And, like, I sat in and I talked to that guy for 30 minutes, y'all. And he sat there within that 30 minutes told me that basically he was going to write an eight-page letter uh, to the judge sitting there telling the judge about my personality, uh, about, you know, any disorders that I may have, uh, whether or not if I could be a parent or not. And I was like, hold up. I said, ain't no piece of paper going to sit there and tell the judge whether or not if I can parent my child or not. Yeah, they basically and, tried to stay in my little test thing. Like they want to judge me by my my parents and all their background, whether they were drug addicts. If I needed to go to like um, IOP and shit, I was like, whatever. They like, can't judge each person as their own person. Like I don't, that's, I don't understand that. See, Thomas, he is actually he knows uh, my oldest daughter. Um, my daughter was actually in his home. Okay, now get this. In his home, he has his mother. Okay, he has his grandmother, his aunt, him, his wife, Crystal. Okay, everybody in that house, I think, I think except for one person, had ability. Okay, do you know that they used, because of the fact that Crystal and Thomas didn't have their own child, um, which is Damien, the one that he was speaking about earlier, um, they said because of the fact that they didn't have their own child and because there was felons in that house uh, was the reason why they picked my daughter up. Oh, wow. And at that and, time, I did not even have a felony. I still don't have a felony, so I don't know where DHR got their info that I have a felony. I don't have a felony. My record's they, clean. I'm a Class A first responder. They first took mine back in 2016. They came in. They said, DHR called me. They had a report that I was using illegal drugs in the home of my kids. Well, she called and she said she needed to speak with me. My kids was at their grandparents' house in um, Lacey Spring. And um, I said, well, you can come see me. She come to my mom's house, never stepped foot inside the house. She sat on the front porch, asked me would I give her a drug test. I told her, yeah, I said, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to fail it. And I told her I'd fail it for marijuana and at the time. But I hadn't smoked marijuana. At that time, I hadn't smoked in over like two and a half, three weeks. But I knew I was going to fail it. And I had took some Neurotin, which that one have showed up on a drug test. But um, I was supposed to be prescribed for it. But I didn't have no prescription because I didn't have no insurance right then. So she told me that was automatic illegal drug use. And she. Um, said I need to sign my kids over to somebody in a 60-day safety plan. So I had to immediately get my kids and sign them over. I signed them over to their grandparents in um, Lacey Springs. They were there. We're supposed to be visiting my kids once a week, and they visited my kids twice. We couldn't get in touch with them. I was trying to call them every other day. They wouldn't, couldn't get in touch with them. So we contacted Morgan County Sheriff's Department, getting close to time for me to pick them up on 60 days and he said well as long as you're doing what you're supposed to 
to her come get her kids, you know, because we only signed a 60-day plan. So on that 61st day, I went and got my kids. And um, me and Michael, my kid's dad, we went up there a week later after I'd already had my kids a week. We went to DHR, did drug tests, put ourselves on color code. I um, put myself in parenting classes, everything. And then she asked me, she said, well, where are your kids now? I said, at home with their grandparents right now while we come here. And she said, oh, you already got your kids? I said, yeah. And I told her what the morning care service said. She said, oh, you broke a safety land. We're going to have to take them again. And took my kids again. Breaking a safety plan. How? I mean, what did. Said I went and picked them up before they told me I could. Because they never gave me a worker or nothing. Never put me on color code. Because we couldn't get in touch with them. Right. And because the Morgan County Sheriff told me to go pick my kids up. Because the only thing we signed was a 60-day plan. And we couldn't get in touch with DHR. That told me to go pick them up. And I went and picked them up. And, um, because, and I went up there to DHR myself. And told them. And that, you know, put myself on color code and everything. And she said, I broke the plan by getting my kids back for I was supposed to. So they had to take them again. But you know what? Had you, it's like this. Had you not picked them kids up, do you know that they probably would have gotten you for abandonment? So that's almost like it's a catch-22 right there. Like, there's so many things. Like, I think, honestly, like, when it comes to the DHR workers, like, and uh, when it comes to uh, the CPS and all them, like, I feel like that they should have cameras on their bodies. As soon as they hit the door of somebody's home, as soon as they're in the DHR office, like, it don't matter. I think that they have, need to have a camera to start the accountability. And I also feel like that foster homes need to start having cameras in their foster homes as well. If you're going to have a child, especially somebody else's child, I feel like you should have cameras. Not in yep. the bathrooms, not in the bedrooms. Well, I don't know. Eh, the bedroom is questionable, but... Definitely not in the bathrooms, but like when it comes to the living rooms, you know, the kitchen area, you know, the backyard, like I feel like we should be able to see our children at any given point in time. I'm going to tell you right now, my last visitation that I got to spend with my daughter, she had a black eye. Okay. She's three at the time. She has a black eye. She has a bruise on her chin. Her ankle looks like it had been wrapped around by something. Okay. And then on top of that, it looked like that she had blood in her underwear. And everybody's like, oh, no, that's poop. And no, excuse me, any female in their right mind, if you if you have a period, you know what, like, blood right. type on your underwear, especially if it's been washed or whatever and you didn't bleach them or whatnot, you're still going to have, like, what looks like a little bit of blood and it's going to be splattered, this, that, one other. Okay, we all know what that looks like. Okay, we also know what diarrhea looks like on a pair of underwear, too. And that I went to the supervisor. I went to Montgomery DHR. I emailed two people out of Montgomery DHR, actually. And I even tried to get in touch with our senator. Nobody did anything about it whatsoever. It's it's awful. Yeah, our last last time, when our kids were in um, foster, they were in a foster home. They were in a good home with the Watts or whatever. And um, they were there for over a year but the last few months that they were there we had to do all video chat visitation because of the covid thing they wouldn't even let us visit with our kids they wouldn't even i'll put it like this because of covid i wasn't even allowed to go in the damn doctor's uh doctor's office because they said that if the main caretaker is the one that had to uh, be the one that goes into the doctor's office well guess what y'all just violated another right yeah, they didn't let me get in number. Then they um tried to say. Then when we finally got started getting unsupervised visits, and our kids got to come to the house with us, um, their dick, their uh foster mom tried to tell us, oh, if we find out you're taking them anywhere besides home or anywhere, we're gonna stop visits because um of the COVID, the numbers are going up or something like that. Was I really? You like you can't tell us where we're taking our kids on our visits. You know that, uh, okay, so my very first drug test, I failed, okay? Um, because of that drug test, you know that I missed mm, almost a month, if not two months worth of visitations because the DHR worker took my visitations away from me without talking to the judge or anything because I had one dirty drug test, and every drug test after that I passed. 
Yep, that's the thing. I mean, they took my kids without even me taking a drug test. They never stepped foot inside my my mama's home where I was living. They never gave me my drug test. They took them just because I said I would fill that drug test for marijuana. Okay, so, I mean, what did you do? They that didn't was- contact their daddy. They never contacted their daddy. What did you do as far as, like, because I know, I know, like, the number thing that, like, when DHR takes a child from the home or whatever, you know, they say that the child is supposed to be in imminent danger. My child was never in imminent danger. They, had, never a report, they had a report I was using illegal drugs in the home of my kids. They come out and visited, and they asked me to take a drug test. I told them I'd fail for marijuana. They never even stepped foot inside the house. They took my kids. Hey, Candace. Yeah. Can somebody unmute Michael? I like to hear his side of the story. Too. Um, I've actually got him uh, unmuted. Uh, I could I could talk if I wanted to talk. I just I've just been listening. Uh, more of a listener. Uh, than anybody else's story. Before I've always been big mouth all the talking. <laughs> ah, don't worry. So am I. That's why I got the podcast. I figured, you know, I'm not the only parent that goes through this. Like, it's better for us to be able to have support. And not mention, this gives us a chance to tell our story to the world. You know, and if more parents come together and we stand up, something's got to change. Right. Me and Michael haven't always been in this together and agreed on everything like with our you know we've been separated a lot during it which like we are now and stuff but like we're now trying to work together and against them because it's not right the way they're doing no it's that's because it's all a money scheme like they are literally taking our children and selling our children off. Yep. Every, yep. They every are. Time that they, every time that they get through the system, they get at least anywhere from $6,000 to $8,000. I fully like believe I said, that's why they're trying to get my kids now because they were getting all that money. My kids were supposed to, they were supposed to terminate our, terminate our rights after 12 months of them being in that foster home. And our kids were in that foster home for way over 12 months and they didn't never terminate our rights because they were getting that money. And then we got our kids back, and now they want them again. They say, okay. Huh, Thomas? My son was in DHR for five years. They didn't never terminated my rights. He's my stepson. I didn't have no rights to him anyways. But they never terminated my rights. They took my daughter at two days old out of the hospital. Candace remembers that. We've been friends for ages. Yeah, me and Thomas have been friends. I know We've been friends since. I know 2011 at least. It's been a long time. It's been a good 10 years. <laughs> like me and Thomas, we've been fighting this battle, you know, separate, but I always, you know, at the same. You know, it's hard because, you know, nobody knows who to turn to. I was shocked when I started that group. I didn't expect it to everybody, this many people to do like coming together. I I follow Allison and I follow Candace both uh, on Facebook. I started parent helping parents way back before Proc. It's on Instagram, YouTube. It's on every channel you can get to. It's just that our children, some of them are too small to have a voice. Some of them are old enough to have a voice. But yet their voice does not get listened to enough. Our children needs to be the needs to decide if we're capable. I have passed the parenting test how many times, Candace, you know about seven. I believe I passed it ten times. I can't I tell you. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Sam, I'm going to add you into the uh, conversation, okay? Let's see. I've passed um, parenting classes ten times. I've never failed a drug test. They did a hair follicle test on me, and it came back for cocaine. But I have never done cocaine. I have never seen cocaine ever in my life. I failed one drug test. They automatically took my now six-year-old that I have partial custody of now uh, when she was two. And we fought tooth and nail to get her back. And before she was born, the HR came in and made an agreement. 
said, if I do what I have to do with Michaela, that they would not touch Nevaeh. And I said, what do you mean what I have to do? What do I have to do? Quit fighting for my daughter. You're fucking stupid. I'm sorry about my language, but. <laughs> you're fine, Thomas. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Um, this podcast, it is not censored at all. Because yeah, I feel like, I you know. Mouth. <laughs> well, I feel like that, you know, we should be heard, you know. And this right here, you know, you might as well say that this is our protest. I use, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, like, I use different media outlets to go to um, to actually try to get people to come and listen to my podcast because I'm trying to reach out um, and, you know, in hopes that maybe that there is an attorney out there that, you know, who's willing to stand behind us parents in the fight that we're trying to fight. Um, well, there ain't no attorney in Gadsden. They all work with the judges and DHR. They might yeah. say they have them, but they won't. Oh, they do. Trust me, honey. Look, I had six lawyers. Six. By the time that I hit TPR. Do you know the week before I hit TPR, my lawyer, the fifth lawyer, dropped my case. They signed me a new one on Wednesday, and Monday I had uh, my court case. Yep. I was saying, um... Me and Michael, we had the same, they issued us the same lawyer. His name was Justin something. And then we separated. Justin Hayes. They Justin who? Justin Hayes. I, yeah, that's him. Well, they issued us him, right? Well, then they, me and him separated. And they said because we were separated, we could not have the same attorney. So, um, they said that DHR told me, said we'll issue an, you another attorney that you can get in touch with. They never issued me one. I walked into court the day we had court and Justin was there and he was like, Hey, I'm your lawyer. Why hadn't you get in contact? I was like, I was told I'd get a new lawyer. And he was there, you know, with Michael. Michael, he had talked to Michael, but he hadn't talked to me and we were separate. The only time, the only time I ever talked to Justin Hayes was when we went to court. That's the only time I've ever spoke to him. Well, he tried to make it out to me that like Michael had been in contact with him and that I didn't and that he, he didn't know nothing about me because he hadn't spoke with me. Well, I didn't know two people. They tried to play y'all against each other is what they did. And basically they did. Basically they did because he was there and he represented basically Michael, but he didn't represent me really because he knew nothing about me. But yet they told me they'd have me a new attorney and that was really wrong. We weren't supposed to have the same attorney because we wasn't together. Yeah. I thought you were a female attorney. Do what? Did you, did you not have a female attorney at the court, Allison? That was the next court case. That one case we had both had Justin. We weren't supposed to. Justin actually represented me. He couldn't represent both of us. No, because yeah, yeah, because y'all are weren't together at the time. It's a conflict of interest because uh, basically, like. He knows, but basically the attorney would know the information about, well, it's like this. Basically the, the attorney would know the information about you and they would know the information about her and they, it would be, it basically unfair. But I mean, we're both interested in getting our kids back. I mean, you know. Well, at that time we wasn't though. That time we were kind of both fighting. <laughs> I mean, you were trying to fight. I wasn't trying to fight. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's all right. That's females. We fought. <laughs> I know I do. I, I, I don't, I don't stop. I still yeah, be fighting. But going I'm back to the conflict of interest, <laughs> the, the lawyer that my kids had was the same one my mother had. At the same time the court case was going on, my mother had the same attorney as the children. See, oh, that's yeah. not right. That's a conflict of interest on your case, Thomas. What's so what's so sad is because mine and Thomas's cases on our other children are so old that I don't know that there's anything we can do at this moment. I mean, I may be wrong. I'm don't get me wrong. You know, I am not an attorney at all. And I did go to school, you know, for paralegal for a little while. So you know, there are some things that I'm aware of, and some things I'm not aware of, and I'm you know I'm learning. 
But as far yeah. as that guy for you, Thomas, that was a conflict of interest, and that should have somebody should have did something about that. But then again, the same year that me and Thomas was going through DHR, they was also investigating. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I, I even get another catch-22 in here. Our caseworker was sleeping with Damien's biological father. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Is that something you can prove, Thomas? I got their messages. You better keep that. I got better- everything. Yeah, I would strongly uh, suggest that you keep that. I'm telling you right now, like, I honestly, I feel like <clears throat> these lawyers, because of the fact that, you know, they do um, work with the judges and DHR, I feel like <clears throat> I'm, I, if I could know the knowledge enough to take myself and uh, be my own attorney, I would. If I could figure out the next step, I would. Like, I I've done gotten, huh? I would too if I could. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like person, you have a right to represent yourself. I don't know enough about it though. I. That's in your job. I feel like we need to get together and get a, a, a class action started down here in Alabama. That's to be what, honest, that's what Brenda's trying to get going. We're she's already got a petition to go to the legislator. It's like this. Like I, I'm talking to somebody else, um, and they're working on one against the DOJ. Um, they's like, you know, screw going through, you know, trying to go through the D, uh, DHR because they're not doing anything. They're not changing anything. And really, honestly, this is the terrorist attack on our own people, on our own soil. It's the terrorist attack on our homes. So I mean, yeah. I. I see where, you know, when why she chose to go that route. Um, I actually read over the paperwork and, you know, there were some very valuable arguments within that. Have you, you know, heard that, um, Brenda's story, the reason why she's been doing this? No, um, not see, at all. Her kids, she was one of the first ones, her kids to be taken by DHR back in 1997 in Alabama or whatever. They came and take her, took her kids and... Um, it was her mo- her mom. Her and her mama was kind of into it. She didn't let her mama see her kids at all. Her um because her mom beat on her when she was younger, so she wouldn't let her mama see her kids without her present. And her mama left her house and was mad at her. And she was cooking and stuff and had her kids or whatever. And her mama left the house and talk- called DHR and told them that she was in the house drunk and her kids were outside playing on the railroad tracks. And um, oh DHR was at her house within 15 minutes, knocked on her door, and she didn't know, like, who the crap they were. She'd never even heard of DHR. And um, she had a roast in the oven. Her kids was, like, inside playing, and her house was spotless. Like, they come in and went through just about every drawer, closet, everything. And still, because because the report, they went ahead and contacted the judge and had a pickup order on them kids and came with the police and was going to take her to jail if she didn't. And she had to take her kids, took her kids, and that she ended up having about 22 months because she ended up filling a drug test for marijuana. She fought 22 months to get her kids back. And as soon as she, after she got her kids back, this is when she started fighting DHR. And she has, since then, she's been in, um, she's in uh, school to be um, a private investigator. She likes like just a few more credits to get that done. And um, she's been fighting DHR all over and she's never, she's never lost a case that she has took on and fought. Really? Right. She's not an attorney, but she goes in and still fights like, like she's my power of attorney and like she can go to court with me and she can't talk for me, but she can tell me everything to say. Right. And um, she right, said, she said I wouldn't take your case hours. if I didn't think I could win it. So I'm going to go. I'm gonna go I'm gonna I said I got to be up in four and a half hours for work. So I got to get off here. But it was yeah, nice meeting you guys. I have to get to bed myself. Nice meeting you. Right. Yeah. See you later, Thomas. See you, Michael. But she's, um, I've, you know, been getting to know her since <clears throat> her, you know, helping me 
and she's been awesome. And her story is really like is something else. Like she fought them, and she's not lost the case since she started. I feel like you know. I feel like that maybe that we should start up like a um, like a parent group that for you know the parents that are you know dealing with DHR or have dealt with DHR. I feel like we should um, maybe get together and put a support group and you know have like a, a parents' day out or you know a Mother's Day mm-hmm. or you know whatever. She's wanting to do that. She's got um, actually she's wanting to um, get. People, she's got people from all over that's wanting to. She's wanting to do a, like a meet and greet somewhere in Central Alabama for all right. of us, and um, just get together and start. And she wants to go county to county, DHR protesting and fighting them, and, to, and go all the way to Montgomery, whatever. Right. So yeah, she I said, uh, Alabama, she wants to go state to state. I um with the Montgomery DHR, you know, they're supposed to be our home office um here in Alabama. But it's gonna take you know, us all to go to them. Oh yeah, I have I have been in contact with Montgomery DHR I two separate times because when I first got out of prison, um, see I got a possession of a forged instrument. I cashed a seventy five dollar check literally, and I started. <laughs> oh, it is November twenty fifth is the day that I got arrested. I got out June the thirteenth. Um, I went. I served all the way from January 27th to June 3rd. Well, I think June the 12th is when I served all the way in Tutwiler. And then I actually had to go back to the county because my very first night at the county, I ended up uh, catching actually another felony charge. um, And that charge was because I broke the phone. And I'm not going to go into that story. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, here it is. You know, my first time ever getting in trouble. I guess I'm the big this time, you know, get in trouble, go to jail, you know, get sent off to prison or right before I go to prison, you know, let's go ahead and get charged with another charge. Let's go ahead and get us another felony. Well, well I ain't never been in trouble. Like I said, knock on some wood, but I I have a feeling when I do go, I'm going to go down big because I'm going to go down fighting DHR for trying to take my kids. They're going to have to put a bullet in me, take me out, something. Baby, look, I'm put it like this because of the podcast that I've got going on because of my Facebook, because of the fact that I've reached out to several people. Like, it's like I even told my boyfriend, I said, look, I said, I'm literally sitting here waiting for a bullet coming straight through my head, like a sniper or something like with a, a, you know, how they have the red thing. I posted in every, every group in Etowah County, just about. And, um, I posted all the, um, I posted that thing about Josh Hill when I first found out my daughter was molested, I posted about DHR. I called him out. I called Josh Hill's name out. I said, you better pray to God that the law gets to you before I do and lock you away. Because if I see you out, I'll kill you in broad daylight. I don't care. Oh, baby. I had it everywhere. I mean, I, I was threatening. And I said, that ain't a threat. That's a promise. I don't care. I'll gladly go to prison. I called him out. And there's only one baby. Yeah. Him. They deleted all the posts and everything everywhere. It said it went against. There's one still out there that's going around that's been shared. Um, that was in one of the groups that I forget what group it is, but it's still out there. It's the only one that hasn't been deleted or reported. But I called him out. I said, I'll kill you in broad daylight. I don't care. And called the law myself. Right. Hey, look, when it comes to our babies, it, we're the ones that protect them. Everybody needs to realize, you know, we we need to quit fighting against each other and start working with each other because these children, they're our next presidents. They're our next doctors. They're our yeah. next lawyers. They're our next teachers. And with them seeing the things that they see today, it's going to ruin them. Y'all, yep. everybody thinks that, you know, our community, our, our government is bad now. Think when it comes to their time when they're all right. That's why, like, I just, you know, my rights have been, like I said, terminated to three of my children. And, you know, I'm not the type of person to be suicidal or anything like that. But when you terminate a child or from their mother, you know, you're you're severing a bond that shouldn't be you know Girl, I went through, when I had my kids I went through a year-long depression my hair was to my butt 
And I went through such a depression. I kept my hair up on top of my head and, um, I didn't, I, I didn't brush my hair for over six months. And then when I finally got out, got my kids back and everything and started trying to take care of myself, I t- had to save my head because it was just breaking. It was so dead. Like my depression was so bad. I tried to kill myself in IOP. Um, they I put me on six work as in a regional, everything. And, but it was crazy just because I lost my kids and I ain't never been like that. You know, Well, see, when the judge terminates a parent's rights from their child, the judge is given that family their destiny. Okay. And it's like this. I'm a veteran of the United States military. Okay. I signed a dotted line that a lot of people couldn't and a lot of people who wouldn't. Right. I voluntarily did that. You but got my full respect because I could never do it. it. It's like my own country turned their back against me and said that I'm unfit, but I wasn't unfit enough to join the military to go fight right. for our country. See, they're wrong for that. They all need their asses kicked for real. Like, and you know, I'm not the only veteran parent who's going through this. No, you know, so many no. times I, you know, I, so many times I've thought, sat there and thought, like, you know, I shouldn't be here anymore. You know, maybe I should just go ahead and end it. You know, my kids will be better off. But then, you know, the, the it's like I have, you know, a little angel on the left side, a little angel on the right side. And, you know, the, I got the devils on each side. <laughs> or, nope. Well, yeah, so I got the angel on the left side and the devil on the right side. And, you know, the angel's like, no, don't do this. And the devil's like, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're not worth anything. You're not going to get anywhere in life. Then I just think, you know, about my kids, and I'm like, if I stop now, who's going to change it for them, you know? Right. And I won't stop now. My my son, my son is six years old. He'll be seven August 25th, and he told me when I got him back, when I got them back in October, my youngest, he told me, six years old? No, he's five. Then he, yeah, no, yeah, he was five, whatever. He told me, he said, Mama, I won't ever go back with them again. If they ever take me again and try to put me in foster home, I will get a gun and shoot myself in the head or I'll find a knife and stab myself in the belly until I die. Oh my God. And I promise, I made a promise to my kids. I said, I promise you, baby, they will not ever take you from me again if it's the last thing I do. And they won't. I don't care. They'll have to kill me. They'll have to. I mean, this this is crazy, y'all. Like, if there is an attorney that is listening to this podcast or if y'all know somebody that is willing to stand up for us parents, for the ones that are reaching out, please get in contact with me. My email is k.edwards2187 at gmail.com or you can get in touch with Allison. What's your email, Allison? My name is... My email is Hill, H-I-L-L, Allison, A-L-L-I-S-Y-N, at gmail.com. All right, Thomas, what about you? Mine's Hightower.T, 061790, at gmail.com. All three of us, we are advocates um, for parents that are in our situation. Um, all three of us have created a Facebook page uh, to get the help and the support out there. So if somebody hears us, you know, we're asking that, you know, you reach out to us. Um, I do have a podcast, y'all. Uh, it's a small person with a huge voice. I'm on Anchor. That's my main platform. I'm also on Spotify, as y'all see, as well as um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and there's uh, Breaker's one, and there's one other one that I'm on. So, um, y'all go on there, favorite us. Um, I'm going to start doing more podcasts. Um, so, if y'all know some parents who, you know, want to get on here with us and talk and uh, discuss, you know, their case, what's going on, you know, how their rights uh, were violated, please, by all means, um, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, Candace Edwards or my email kedwards2187 at gmail.com um, somebody so, I got somebody's got to write let's see 
see, Michael. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? Hey. Uh-oh. I think he left. I think he left. Well, I hadn't, I, I don't know what happened there. Somebody had uh, sent a request out, and I had accepted it and pulled them in with us so they could talk with us, and they left. <laughs> well, but, well, I hate to, you guys, but I've got to get in the bed. My kids will be up at daylight in the morning. Oh, <laughs> I, I already know. <laughs> Trust me, but, I already know. Um, but anytime you have these, if you'll send me an invite, I'd love to join if I can because, like I said, I'm trying everything to get the word out. Please do. Please do. That's like I said, that's why I created the podcast because I don't know about, I don't know how to do all these or I'd create one myself, but I got, you like know, I said, I got the group on Facebook and stuff. So, well, if you want to create a podcast, I can show you how to do it. Well, I'm going to talk with you about that later. All right. All right. Well, I will talk to y'all later. And it was good talking with y'all. Yes, ma'am. You have a good night. Okay. Y'all too. All right. Bye. All right, Thomas, I'm going to get off and uh, just hit me up on Messenger, okay? All right, Candace. Love you, girl. Be safe. All right. Love you, too. Bye. Later.